Hello, and welcome to Veins of Gold, Finding God's Treasure in a Dirt-Covered World. This is a podcast from Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. Now, let's join Pastor Ryan Christopher as he digs into this week's program. Hey, folks, super excited about this week. I'm uh, actually going to be doing something a lot different than I normally do. Um, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be moving ourselves through uh, 26 letters of the alphabet. You said, Ryan, is this uh, is this kindergarten again? No, no, it's not kindergarten. But uh, just excited about this week because we're going to be talking about Christian momentum, about us walking through uh, the things that we do for God. And uh, just 26 letters we put together through some reading and, and uh, research and all kinds of fun stuff we've been doing lately. Uh, just trying to come to uh, just a knowledge of the things that we have the uh, responsibility to do for God. And uh, it it tickled me to see, see, see this alphabet from them. Uh, but I want to talk about them from my own perspective because I believe that each of them uh, have meaning. So over the next 25 minutes or so, we are going to discuss each of these as we go through it. You say, well, Ryan, what do you mean by Christian momentum? Well, we can obviously know. We can look at what's going on in the world today and everything around us, and we can realize uh, how things are going in Christianity. There are some churches that are booming, some that aren't always been like that. But, um, but for some people, they're in a, they're in kind of a funk right now. They're, they're, um, they've slowed down a bit. They're not doing nearly what they used to do, or we have, uh, volunteer problems in some churches, or we have, uh, we have people who are, who are depressed or down or, or upset or something like that. But it, look, when we start looking through these words of momentum, I'm looking at it from my perspective, things that I need to work on. Um, you know, and I believe all of us need to work on, on a daily basis. So let's get into this. I'm excited about it seriously because I think every one of these uh, means something. So we're going to start with letter A, just like we do in the alphabet in, the, in kindergarten, the A for agreement. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, a lot of churches are struggling today because they can't come to agreement on the most simple things. Okay. And, uh, and it, you know, if you're arguing over carpet, if you're, if you're breaking fellowship over carpet colors, if you're breaking fellowship over things like that, then I can promise you, uh, churches can't grow. Churches aren't going to grow. If you're breaking fellowship over that kind of thing, it is ridiculous. Now, certainly things need to, decisions need to be made. There are going to be disagreements. All that's going to happen. But the idea behind this is in unity, we move together. And, uh, you know, whether it's your church or my church, you know, when we have deacons meetings, when we have committee meetings or anything like that, it's not meant for us to leave in, uh, in turmoil. It's meant for us to leave in agreement. So there's that word agreement. And, uh, it doesn't mean that everybody gets their way. It means that sometimes we have to compromise. And I can tell you through marriage that that, that does mean compromise is just about every day. Okay. And, uh, and I'm excited to know that Christ expects me to be in agreement, not necessarily that I agree with opinions, but that I agree to disagree at times. And uh, instead of being at odds with one another and being enemies, B for boldness. If there's anything Christians need to do today, let me promise you this. It's boldness. We're living in a world right now. You look around us. You, you, you see what's happening. You know what's happening. You see the, you see the politics. You see, you know, you're, you're embarrassed about this. You're embarrassed about that. Well, look, I'm, you know, you can even be frightened at times. You see the riots. You see the people throwing things through windows, burning down buildings, all those things. We need to have the boldness to speak out for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that's going to change this world. It's the only thing that's going to uh, transform lives is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I can promise you this, if you go to Second Chronicles 7, 14, you know the verse. But when you start stepping through that, and we did that as an episode not too long ago, but when you start stepping through that verse, you realize it is up to us to be bold with that message, to be humble before God, certainly, and uh, repenting of our own sins, but to be bold in this world and to tell them 
about Jesus because there's an awful lot of people out there. Look, even in our own county, which is a fairly large county, but even in our own county, the number of people who do not know Jesus, who need to know Jesus, and we need to be bold about it. And uh, that is not to be mean. To be bold, not, it does not mean to be mean. It means I'm going to tell you about Christ no matter the consequences. I'm going to tell you about Jesus no matter what it ends up doing to me. The C is for creativity. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't long ago that my wife and I had an opportunity to go down to, uh, to, um, Disney World. And we were looking at all of the different art that's there. Like if you go on a particular ride, and yes, it's expensive to go there, but there's there's one particular ride there that you can get on. And the way they have built this thing, they took immaculate detail. I mean, from the up to the bottom, to the sides, to the top. I mean, you get to the very top of this exhibit, and there was still attention to detail. There was there was an, it was incredible. Here it is a secular world, a secular world that cares more about the creativity and the beauty of what they're doing than a lot of Christians do. Um, you need to you need to reach inside of you. Uh, we need to be creative at how we get the gospel out. We need not irreverent, but creative about how we get the gospel out. And we certainly need to, uh, to dream and to dream big. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you need to, uh, you need to believe that that creativity God's put in you, whether it's to sing, whether it's to draw, whether it's to paint, whether it's to preach, any of those things that you use God's ability to be creative in you and that you never stop no matter what. Creativity is, uh, incredible and we shouldn't let the secular world beat us in that area. That D is for desire. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. A desire for the Lord and desire to know him more. If there's anything uh, that I need to work on more than anything, it is devotion time, specific devotion. I, I do this. I spend specific time with him, but I need to work on even more devotion time with the Lord and spending some intimate uh, time talking with him and listening for heaven's sake. That's what I need to do is listen more rather than asking so much from the Lord. I, a great desire to love him and to uh, serve him. Uh, just like uh, just like in a relationship with with my bride, to uh, to desire her as my wife, I need to desire the Lord, desire the things of the Lord, the beauty of the Lord, all that the Lord has done for me. I need to be on fire for Him. I need to be uh, I need to be working at uh, at all levels for his glory and I need to I need to maintain that desire and being in his word and 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 lifting his voice up and I mean lifting his name up and in, in in song or whatever it may be in that desire e is for endurance uh we you know Paul talks about that fact about keeping the faith uh, about that, about that run, about the fact that we have run a race, that we have kept the faith, that we have stayed strong in the midst of all this. Folks, if there's anything we can do, it's give up. That's what human beings do best sometimes. But God's people are not going to be those people. We discussed just a couple of weeks ago about, about keeping that endurance and staying strong in the midst of it. That E is for endurance. It is for uh, continuing. If you have a goal in mind, if you have something you're working toward, you have to endure. There is nothing worth uh, going toward or going forward at. or you know, it, There's no goal out there that's not going to cost you something. You're going to have to pay the price, and you need to be willing to pay that price. So whatever you do, make sure you're willing to pay the price price of getting the gospel out, of telling others about Jesus Christ, of enduring in your faith, not giving up in your faith, not giving up in your servant service in the, in the church, especially to, you know, to our Lord. Uh, you need not give up. You need to endure whatever you do. F is for focus. Oh my goodness gracious. We have got to focus. We've got ourselves, and, and I'm the world's worst about this because, you know, I think I was ADD before that was a, a thing. I'm almost a half a century old. So now I'm looking at this thing and I'm saying, okay, I was ADD before most people were. 
And focusing is not always my, uh, my strong suit. But here's the thing. We need to focus on Jesus Christ. Whatever we're doing in ministry, whatever we're doing as a church, whatever you're doing as a church pastor, or if you're a member of the congregation, or if you're a leader in your church, we've got to focus on Jesus and what he is doing in us and for us and through us. And we have to focus on that, that very point where we say, whatever it is we do as a church has to point to Jesus. Okay. You can do whatever fun thing you want to do. You can do the, you can do the concerts. You can do all of those things, but they have to be the initial point. The main point has to be that you're pointing everything to Jesus. Cause that is the, that's the central thing is Jesus and his saving cross. Okay. Then there's G for gratitude. Let's talk about this for a minute. Look, you do, you make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give. That's an old saying, but it's so true. You've got to give of your time. You've got to give of your treasure. You've got to give. You look here. Here's the thing that you got to remember more than anything. Okay, it the people, the philanthropists, and all that. Maybe even in the secular world, understand what the secular world understands that most Christians don't understand. Even the secular world knows that the more they give, the more they get. And I'm not trying to do this name it claim it stuff. What I'm saying is, God is going to bless you as a result of your giving. That is a universal rule. That's not just a Christian rule. The more you give, the more you are blessed as a result of that. You have these philanthropists coming. From all over the place, and they'll meet and some Christians, some not. But what they realize is look, you want to grow your business, you've got to give more. And they give enormous amounts of money, sometimes not even to good causes. But the fact that they're willing to sacrifice that money uh, in, in their, their time and their treasure and all of those things uh, comes back to them. So this universal law that God has set up is true all the way. We have to, we have to gratitude and to give back, um, gratitude and thanking the Lord. Uh, gratitude, you know, our giving is a result of being grateful for all God has done for us. And, uh, we're coming up, you know, it's October. So November will be here before you know it. And Thanksgiving will be here and that season will be here. A gratitude for everything God has already provided for us and all, all that he will provide for us. H is for hope. If there's anything, uh, families need, uh, it is hope. In this world right now, when we have divorce rates that are going uh, just out of control right now, when we in the Christian world, then we desperately need hope. We need Jesus Christ as our hope. Where does my hope come from? The Bible says it comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's what David said. Where does my hope come from? It comes from my Lord. And so here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's an awful lot of people that throw that word around hope as if it's, if it's nothing, but we do have a hope. We have a hope in a future. We have a hope that God has given us. We have, we have a, the dreams that he is, uh, that he's put in front of us and those things that we're working toward. We have to have hope no matter what. And we, this hope we have is no matter what happens on this side of this planet, we know what happens on the other side. And that's where we'll be in the presence of the Lord. Be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord, but we can have a hope on this side. You know, David wanted to see the Lord on this side of heaven. And so we want to do the same. We want to see his goodness and his blessings on this side of heaven. And I'm excited that he wants to do that for us. The I is for integrity, integrity, uh, Christian leaders or Christians in, in, as an, as a whole, we have to have integrity. That's one of the biggest, that's one of the biggest and best things here. If, if somebody's going to elect, you know, our church right now is going through the election of deacons. Integrity is of utmost importance. If not, you know, when, when we look at qualifications of a deacon, you know, when we look all the way through that, we can put that word integrity as, and it blanket a lot of these little things that are underneath it. You know, being trustworthy and, and integrous and, and, uh, certainly a follower of Jesus Christ and, and, and people knowing that they can trust you, uh, to be that kind of a person. Jay has to be for Jesus. 
Jesus, you know, we talked about focus. Jay has to be for Jesus. And look, whether you're working in a, in a Christian area, you know, whether you're volunteering at your church, whether you are working in the secular world, whatever it has to be, we have to work as though we're working for Christ. That's what the Word of God tells us, and our focus has to be Jesus. It doesn't mean that you're neglecting your work so that you can witness. It means that every chance you get in your regular job that you are speaking out for Him, Jesus is the central focus of you and your family, and that you are, you know, get a lot of flack sometimes. Sometimes I got younger kids who are adults right now, and uh, you know they're you know talking about their kids, how they're going to raise their kids and things. And I said, look, man, just keep them away from this world and focus on Jesus. And they want to do that, but there's just so much out there that is such a battle right now. So keeping their eyes on Him, making sure that they're raising their kids to love the Lord and to uh, to respect His ways and uh, raise them in the admonition of the Lord. We will even say that when we're dedicating children around here, we will say, you know, listen, you're going to raise them in a in a church, in a Christian based home uh, to love Jesus. And so that's what I want us all to do. I want us to focus on Jesus and we could go on and on on each of these letters. But let's go ahead and go to K kindness. You know, there are a ton of things we could say to people. There are tons of things that we could, you know, we could pound down people's, you know, uh, throats. There are things that we could, you know, uh, beat up people about, step on their toes, things like that. And we do need to do that sometimes. There's no doubt. But, uh, you know, there are folks that just need a good uh, handshake, a good hug at times. Uh, in the COVID season, it almost seems like those are dirty words and it shouldn't be that way. But uh, kindness, showing kindness to Christians as Christians. What does the word of God say? It doesn't say that, you know, the Lord would, that the uh, rest of the world would know us by our political party or by our, you know, any of those things. It says they will know us by our love for one another and showing kindness to one another. There are times you have to be hard. There are times you have to be tough. There's no doubt about that. But when you're looking in the midst of, you know, this world and this crazy thing that we're living in right now, then what we have to realize is kindness is of utmost importance. It's the kindness of the Lord is what leads to repentance is what is what um, is what the Bible tells us. And so if it's his kindness, if it's his loving kindness that leads to repentance, then I want to show that kindness to others. And uh, and I know that you do, too. L would be for loyalty. Oh, my goodness gracious, to be loyal to be loyal to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because I'm going to tell you, if you look through uh, all of Scripture and you see how jealous God gets because his people have turned their backs on him and have ran to the things of the world, if we would see that and understand how jealous he gets, we are his bride. So when we run the other direction, we do things that are... um, against his glory and against what he would have us do, then I can promise you, friends, I can promise you there are repercussions for that. And it's not like he's trying to beat us up. It's that he has to discipline. We are his children and he loves us. Oh, that we would be loyal to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and loyal to those people who are following the Lord, loyal to other Christians and loving them and helping them through all of this. Uh, M, uh, M would be for mercy, showing mercy. And folks, that's when they don't deserve it. That's giving them, you know, giving them something that they do not deserve is mercy. And, uh, you know, it, it, whether it's in wartime where someone says, look, you deserve to die for this, but we're going to, we're going to let you off the hook. I mean, you, everything points to your guilt. Everything points to this, but we're going to let you off the hook. If you're going to live that, you know, live that good life. But it also means somebody has done something against you. Okay. 
And showing them mercy is giving them forgiveness. Mercy and forgiveness are two different words, okay? But if you're going to show them mercy, it is to forgive them, okay? You are going to forgive them as a part of mercy. It also gets them off the hook. I mean, you're not, you're, you're no longer on the, Jesus showed us mercy. We deserve to die. We deserve to die an awful death. And he took that death for us. So we need to, we need to, uh, in gratitude, believe that we can be what he needs us to be and believe that we can be loyal to him at all times and believe that we can be merciful just like him and believe that we can have hope and gratitude and focus and endurance and desire and creativity and boldness and agreement and all those things that we've talked about before because he has shown us mercy. If he had not shown us mercy, a lot of those things we would not be able to do. N would be for nurture. And, you know, here's my thing. You know, it could be almost another, another D in discipleship. When I think of the word nurture, I think of, of, uh, of Christians who are seasoned Christians. Now, there are Christians in the church, and you know some of these that I'm talking about, but there are Christians in the church who've been in the church 25 years. All right, they say, you know, but they've only really learned about one year of experience. They say, well, I've got 25 years, years experience in church. No, 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 friends. Got one year, 25 times, because you don't know anything any more than you did the first year you went through church. And that means you have not been growing. What is a key for a church to do and Christians to do is to find people and nurture them, uh, teach them more. If you know more than the next, you know, if you've been studying longer, you sit down with him and say, Hey, these are the, the things that we can learn. You can, you can go deeper. When you go deeper, you learn more about God. Some of it you like and some of it you don't until you learn more. And then you love all of those things, even the tough things, but you have to be nurtured and we have to nurture other people. So please, whatever you do, do not ever forget the word um, discipleship and the word nurture, um, because we desperately need to uh, to help others to grow in Christ. Let's look at the word, I mean, the letter O. That would be the word opportunity. You are going to come upon people every single day who need to hear about the gospel. Those are going to be your opportunities to tell them. You say, well, Ryan, you know, nobody's being converted as me telling them. Look, you're planting seeds. Hopefully one day you're going to see a conversion. You're going to see a, you know, a spiritual birth in your, in your witnessing, but you don't have to worry about that. You're going to be planting seeds. You're going to be, you know, hoeing your own garden and plowing your own garden, putting out those seeds, seeing God do work, incredible works in people. And somebody will say, you know, listen, if you want opportunity to drop in your lap, you're going to need to put to, to put your lap where opportunity drops. You're going to need to, you know, find places that you can tell others about Jesus. I tell, uh, you know, our folks all the time, it's not going to do any good. You know, you say, well, you want salvation in your church. Well, praise the Lord. Well, how many unbelievers are coming to your church? And I don't mean to compromise to get them there. You can, you just keep lifting up Jesus and they'll come. But also it have to be specifically invited. Um, I mean, you know, you're not going to have people get saved if they're all saved. Uh, you may have people rededicate their life, but you're not having new salvations for heaven's sake. You got to, you have got to invite people. You've got to invite them. And that's your office, our opportunity. Take every opportunity you have to invite any and everybody to your church to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and we need people. These are, well, Ryan, they're just, they're rough characters. Absolutely. That's exactly the ones that, yeah, just like us, they need to be in, the, in that church and they need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Take the opportunity to love somebody. And to invite them. P is for peace. Oh my goodness gracious. Folks, that we could have peace in our homes, that we could have peace in our churches. Um, again, there are decisions to be made and there are people who are going to disagree. You think I've never disagreed with somebody? I've disagreed with people on a number of occasions. And sometimes you leave a little huffy and sometimes you leave a little puffy, but you're not supposed to, folks. We're supposed to work this thing out. And certainly that is what Christ wants. Um, you know, we've, we've been at odds before. People have been at odds before, but you've got to come to a point where you're more than willing to, uh, to, to 
show peace and show uh, reconciliation with somebody so that this thing can get worked out. You can move on. You can still disagree and you can go your separate ways in your disagreement, but not your separate ways in friendship. There's at some point in that you have to have peace, but a peace. Let's talk about peace in another way. Peace inside, internally. What's going on inside of you? You need you need to have uh, a way of getting to Christ and know he said, come to me, ye who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That is a peace that only he can give, a peace that passes all understanding, the word of God says. And so that is what we are seeking. But you can get that inner peace by making peace with others and certainly peace with God. That is the most important peace there is, is to make peace with God in salvation. And then to have that inner peace, peace with others, um, you know, all sorts of things that this word can be used for, preached on, and all those things. Let's look at Q. Q for questions, okay? Because we all have questions. We all want we want all want tons and tons of uh, of answers. Uh, just tonight, uh, before I even did this podcast, uh, you just had some people come and asking me some questions about scripture and about about you know what happens after we die and, and resurrections and all those kind of things like that. Uh, we all have questions, but He has the answers. The Word of God are those answers. Uh, you know, it, we hear the old adage that the Bible B I B L E. Um, is uh, basic instructions before leaving earth. We've heard that a ton of times, folks. We've heard that. But here's the thing we don't realize. Those are the instructions for life. If we have questions, we can find them in Scripture. If we can't if we can't find that specific answer, then God leads us in all types of Scriptures and tells us how to move forward in finding the answer. Folks, I can tell you this. I can tell you there have been tons and tons of times that I've even questioned God and the why He's doing something a certain way. But He has an answer for us. And many times... It just turns out that he's God and he gets to do that. But um, but you can say, you say, well, Ron, that's not really an answer. Yes, it is. When you look in scripture and he tells you that, when he tells you how sovereign he is, when he tells you that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose, then you begin to understand that. Um, but uh, questions, they're going to happen. And ask God those questions. And see, here's the thing. When you do have times that you are you have those questions, That's you're in a learning phase. And when we go back to nurture, people are going to have questions. You're going to be have to be ready to uh, defend your faith and ready to answer some of the questions. And what I tell a lot of people is I, if I don't know the answer and I don't know a lot of answers, I'll find out for you. And we'll sit down and we'll talk about it. But questions are the cue today. What about R for Christian momentum? It's going to be risk. Folks, you have got to be willing to take risk in this life. Um, you've got to be willing to go out on a limb. You got God wants to do some amazing things through people, but too many people are too scared to do it. We go back to opportunity. You're gonna have, you know, you're gonna be scared um, to to talk to this specific per- uh, person because you think they're too rough, they're too tough, or something like that. And you're gonna let that opportunity go by. You're not gonna take the risk. Um, you're not gonna build a building that God's told you to do. You're not going to. You're not gonna uh, take the opportunity God's told you to take. You're not gonna take that job He's asked you to do. You're not gonna step out. You're not gonna. You know, that's why. That's why you know climbing out on the limb is where the fruit is, folks. You've got to do that. You've got to take the risk to get out there and do that. And too many, too many churches are playing it safe. Uh, I, you know, just let's be completely honest with one another and just tell you this: that a lot of people miss blessings because they're not willing to climb out on that limb. God wants to do amazing stuff through you, but it's going to take you being willing to risk you know, everything for him and uh, risk your reputation, risk looking crazy, all of those things, because you're supposed to start a ministry for him or you're supposed to work in a ministry for him. You say, well, I've never worked in children's ministry before, but I know God wants me in it. Well, you need to try it. You need to do it. Take that risk, jump in, do whatever you got to do to do what God has told you to do. Let's move on to S. S is for servanthood. 
Oh my goodness, you hear this in a lot of sermons. You certainly do, and you certainly should. Servanthood. Uh, it hasn't been long before I stood before the church and I said, guys, if you're going to elect deacons, you've got to elect servants. We're not just looking for people who know the answer to stuff. That's not what we're doing. We're looking for people who are willing to serve other people. Call people on the phone, visit them, love them, serve in church, serve in church services, serve in the church uh, ministries, all those things. We're not looking for people who just want a leadership position. I don't care anything about position. I want to know that you will serve. And that is what a leader does. They serve other people. Um, and so that's what we want to, that's what we want to be. We want to be those type of people. Um, you say, well, Ryan, you're talking about deacons. Well, I'm talking about anybody, anybody who's following Christ as servant. Um, you know, to be first, you must be last is what the word of God teaches us. And so if you want to be first in the eyes of God, you must be last in the eyes of men, meaning you are a servant. You're willing to serve other people. You're willing to, you're willing to, um, you're willing to get dirty. You're willing to get your fingers dirty, your hands dirty. You're willing to get your body dirty for the work, for the work of Christ. And that is what servanthood is all about. Let's do T. T is for timing. And again, all of these letters, all of these letters can be talked about for an hour each. Uh, T is timing. Okay. It, you cannot, and I, and I keep going back to the opportunity part, to the um, risk part and all these things like that. Timing is everything. There's, you know, you can wait too late for something. God can have an idea. I, I'll tell you a secular analogy to this. Uh, someone said this one time and it just, it made all the sense in the world, but they're saying, you know, all these ideas are out there. But these ideas, and I know this is kind of looking at it from kind of an odd way, but think about something else. All these ideas are out there just waiting on somebody to grab hold of them. For me, for example, I will see some things on television. I know several friends who've said this. I'll see something on television that comes out and it's in an advertisement and they'll say, you know, such and such an item. I'll say, man, I thought of that just six months ago. I was thinking of that. Well, these ideas are out there. They're just, you know, I mean, with, you know, seven billion people on the earth, give or take however hundred million. You know, seven billion people on earth, you, several people are going to have the same idea. But who is going to act upon that idea? Who is going to act upon it? The one who acts upon that idea and does something with that idea is the one that's going to be able to see it into fruition and to experience the good things that are behind that idea. Timing is everything. If it is time for something, it needs to be done. You can wait too late to do what God has told you to do. And uh, delayed obedience is complete disobedience. So we need to obey when we're told to obey. And I know that that's a hard thing and that can be a debatable, um, debatable item, but we can talk about that at another time. You is unity. We talked a little bit about, about that in peace. Uh, you know, being unified as one body, even though we may disagree with people, you know, in our body, even though there are times when we won't agree, at least we will agree and be unified on the cross and unified on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the central element is Jesus and his gospel. And so we must be unified on those things, unity and loving one another, unity and taking care of one another. And all of those V is for values. V is for values. All through scripture, it teaches somebody say, well, you're just a fuddy dud, man. You just, all you care about is, you know, you know, living this like Jesus. You got that right, guys. Exactly. Because if I didn't, I would live like me. And that has never gotten me anywhere. I want to live for Jesus, have values that Jesus would have me have. And so when I look into scripture and I see it's, it's obvious what he wants. And those things don't save me. You know, having these values don't save me. But as a result of being saved, I'll have these values. It would be obvious. Jesus Jesus said in the Word of God, said, you will know them by their fruits. That's what the Word of God says. And so there are certain things you can see about people and realize, man, if, you know, I don't know for sure. I, there's no way for me to know their soul. But, man, I can tell you their value system tells me that they probably are born again. And those are the kind of those are the kind of things that uh, that point us uh, uh, to the Lord. 
W is for willingness. Okay. Again, goes kind of with the risk and servanthood and timing and all that, but willingness. Okay. You know, there's people with a, a strong will and there's people with a strong want. Okay. And that's just all there's to it. I'm not going to do anything. You know, I'll write your check, you know, for your tithe and I'll throw it in there and they'll have that one little element of obedience, but they're supposed to be doing something else for the Lord. It's the body of Christ. Everyone's supposed to tithe. The whole body is supposed to tithe. So you don't get to just get off by putting a lot of money in the plate. It's nice to have it. It's nice to be able to have the resources to do some amazing things for the Lord, but that's not, you know, you're a part of the body, you're a hand, you're a foot, you're a, you're a head, you're an ear, you're, you're something, you're a finger, whatever it happens to be your particular role. It could be uh, a small role, but very big in the eyes of God. So we have to be willing to do those things. W, willing, willing to do it. Uh, you know, I don't want to be that want. I want to be willing to jump in uh, with both hands and both feet. Then there's X. And, uh, and I, I just, I said extraordinary. So I just started it with the word X. I mean, the letter X, extraordinary. We need to understand we have an extraordinary God. So we want to, we want to do, we want to be extraordinary for him. We want to live extraordinary for him. We want to create extraordinary for him. We want to, you know, X and extraordinary X for excellence. Um, you know, and again, I know that starts with E, but just, just bear with me here. I mean, I said xylophone. Is that what you want me to say? Xerox? No, no, no. We're going to, we're going to use them like this. So extraordinary. All right. And excellence. We want to give God our very best. And, you know, we don't always, and, and I don't always, there are times when, you know, exhaustion keeps me from doing that. And generally because I'm exhausted from things that are outside of the Christian faith. And so, uh, I have to be careful of, you know, especially being a minister that I'm giving my all to Jesus in everything that I do. So extraordinary, uh, excellence, giving him my all, giving him my best. Praise the Lord for that. Why is yearning. Now that's kind of similar to D and desire, but yearning, that means that, I mean, there were times, you know, uh, early on in our dating and even now where I'm just like, listen, if I've had a long, hard day, I'm serious. Even now, long, hard day, I just want to get home to my family. You know, I just want to get home to my wife and my family and just, man, I just got to go get some rest there. The only ones that really understand me, that kind of thing like that. Other, you know, of course God does, but I'm getting to that, you know, that yearning to go home and to be with those people that I love. And then that yearning for God needs to be even more intense. It's like, wow, I've got to spend some time with him because if I don't, I'm not going to make it through this day. And, uh, just, in a, you know, that's, that's what it's all about is yearning for him. Z finally, Z is for zeal. These are the letters of momentum, the alphabet of momentum. Um, but Christian momentum. All right. Z is for zeal. Folks, there are enough people out there that, they, you know, they look at Christians like, man, why are they always down? Why are they so serious? Why did, you know, look, you, you, you walk around melancholy, you walk around with a frown on your face, you walk around like, you know, you've lost your puppy or something and people are going to not want anything to do with what you're doing. Now there are times to mourn. There are times to be sad. Sure there are. There are times to be angry. There are times to be on your face before God. There are times to be crying out before God. But people need to know that you are in love with God and that you are zealous for God, that you're excited for God. Oh my goodness. The zeal inside of a Christian ought to be evident. There are rivers of life flowing out of me. Well, there aren't for some people. It's barely dripping out of some people. So I want you to listen. Rivers of life are flowing out of me. It will be evident and people will be uh, excited and want to know. And then just tell them, listen, well, let me just tell you the alphabets of Christian momentum. And you can go through these words. Again, each one of these words could be its own sermon. It could be its own sermon, but today we've gone through them quickly. Just go back and listen to them again and get busy with your momentum for Jesus Christ. Love you guys. Bye-bye. 
thank you for joining us for Veins of Gold, a podcast of Mountain View Baptist Church. For information about our church and ministries, please visit our website, mvbaptist.org.